I have partnered with people um, just based on transactions, right? Like, oh, let's get together, raise this for this deal or do this. And didn't really know them that well. Or even like sometimes people I know, I didn't know them long enough to really get to know them. That would be my advice. You know, I think really know your partners because everybody can talk the talk, right? Until you are put into a situation or under pressure and you see how people react. That's how you really get to know the person. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Real Estate Law Podcast. Our host, Jason Muth, that's me from Straightforward Short-Term Rentals and Rory Gill, a real estate attorney and broker. Rory, welcome. Today, we're going to be talking to a naval officer. I'm super excited to uh, once again speak with somebody from the military who has found a pathway to financial success in the real estate world. Um, and you know that's definitely something that we've heard from other military uh, folks, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, our guest and her pathway. Yeah, I mean, I love these stories um, in having people on who have found real estate investing with very different backgrounds from us. So, you know, I haven't served in the military. I've had, you know, people who listen to the podcast know how we kind of stumbled into real estate investing. But I love hearing these stories about, you know, how people found it and then what they've done with it. So, Jason, can you welcome our guests onto the podcast? Yes, uh, this is Lupe Chow. Uh, Lupe was born and raised in Taiwan and she moved here to the U.S. and she joined the U.S. Navy uh, when she was 19. And here, 20 years later, she is uh, a naval officer. Is that right, Lupe? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> what, what's your specialty in the Navy? So my background is logistics um, and government contracting. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That translates well into the world of real estate investing, uh, you know, when you have to be, you know, on top of uh, both logistics and how to deal with large entities like the government. Well, you know, and you're also a partner of a past guest of ours. We were just talking about that before we hit record. So Noel Parnell uh, with Crown Capital, you are one of the principals there as well, right? Yes. Uh, Noel is my partner. Mm-hmm. Noel is a great guest. Uh, we we recorded that episode and released it uh, a few months ago. And we loved hearing his story uh, about how he worked as a scientist uh, and he's an Olympic athlete, and he found his way into the real estate world. See, so many people from all corners of the world find their way into this wonderful world of real estate investing. Lupe, how did you and Noel get together and and form a partnership with Crown Capital? Okay, so we actually have another partner. Her name is Tiffany, Tiffany Span. So I met Noel through Tiffany. And then I met Tiffany through, um, and you know, I'm also involved in local women's uh, real estate group. And I'm, that's where I met Tiffany. Okay. Isn't it funny how partnerships emerge, Rory? I mean, we hear it all the time through meetups and conversations like this. And you know, next thing you know, a couple of people are on the same wavelength and then they're doing business together. Definitely. I mean, the best ones seem to happen organically like that. Um, not, And they're not forced. Yeah. So Lupe, tell us about a little bit about your background, the work you're doing with Crown Capital, the work you've done, um, you know, for the United States in the Navy, and how that translates into you know the world of real estate investing. Yeah, uh, long story. It's a twenty year story, right? My Navy story. <laughs> but um, like you said, um, 
my family and I, my family, my parents moved um, to America when I was 17 years old. I did my last year of high school here um, in Los Angeles, specifically. Um, I didn't know anything about the military, um, especially U.S. military. Um, I It really happened organically, you know, like you said. I had a friend in high school who was interested in joining the military, she just asked me to go with her to see this person, like, recruiter, right? I didn't even know what that means, you know, <laughs> at the time. So we went, you know, the rest of the history. It's been a great career, um, really, really rewarding and really um, helped me to build my life here. So I have uh, a great level of gratitude to this country and to the military. Um, you know, I could not have what I have today without you know, the Navy. Mm -hmm. um, so far as uh, what I do, um, I am a supply corps officer. Um, so supply corps in the, in the Navy is, it's all things logistics. And that includes, if you're on board a ship, uh, food service, laundry, mm -hmm. <laughs> in the barbershop, like all, um, it, all things related to quality of life and the day-to-day, -day, you know, who's living. Um, that's what I do on board the ship. And of course, logistic parts, repairs, uh, things like that. Um, it's things that we don't even think about, you know, as civilians. Yeah. I mean, these folks that are serving on ships for many, many weeks and months, uh, you know, they have to live their lives too. <laughs> they need a haircut. They need to eat, right? If they're yeah, not doing those yeah. things, they they're not going to be stuff. successful. Are you on the ships at all or are you on the shore? Not currently. No, um, I'm on shore. Uh, I'm stationed in DC right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been on shore uh, for the last uh, several years. Um, I right now I'm in a job that is um, government acquisition. So I do contracting uh, for the government. Like uh, in the civilian term, I think it's like a buyer or procurement. So that's what I do now. Rory, we've heard from military folks before on this podcast. You know, like usually ex-military people that have retired from the military and they're finding their way into the real estate world. You know, Lupe is still in the military right now, and she found her way into the real estate world a couple of years ago. What do you think, Rory, are some of the things in common with all of our guests that we've had who are military real estate investors? People in the military from our interviews have share a lot of the values of the people who who are successful. So kind of that, um, you know, they have a solid reason why they do a lot of the work that they do. Um, they have kind of the, the values of, of hard work that get them there. Um, and then just in the logistical matter, because military people move around relatively frequently, there seems to be a pattern of some smart investors um, purchasing a home um, where they're stationed for a few years and then um, holding on to that and doing it again and again and again. And that's a way that um, I think a lot of people have bridged kind of the military ethic into the world of real estate. Um, Lupe, is that a little bit of your story too? Not the buying whole part, um, because I really didn't do that. Um, uh, and I wish I did. I didn't really get into real estate until about five years ago. Uh, well into my career, right? I was about 15 years in. Yeah. 15, 16 years in at that point. And I had purchased one home, my first home, you know, um, it was in California, so that's really, you know, the only property I purchased while I'm in the military. And I didn't learn about this buying a home at every duty station until I'm well into my real estate journey. <laughs> For me, uh, it's more about 
the commercial real estate. I'm more uh, on the multifamily commercial real estate side. I do that by leveraging partnership a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Where are some of your commercial multifamily investments? Uh, Mainly um, Texas. That's our syndicated properties. Uh, And I have some small properties, smaller uh, multifamily. I have an 18-unit joint venture project in Florida, another A-unit in Kentucky, another one in North Carolina. So the smaller ones is more just partnering with the people I know, networking. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how you acquired kind of that first multifamily commercial property, you know, because a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are, uh, you know, starting out. They're at various forms of their real estate journey. You know, maybe they're in one asset class like we're in, which is single family homes for short term rentals. And you wonder how you can transition into some of those larger properties with partnerships. What is some advice you'd give to people who are looking to make that transition? Where do they start? So on my background, right, in real estate, I actually started out in residential. And uh, going back further, you know, when I mentioned my first home that I purchased in California. So I, okay, so I was stationed in California a long time ago. I don't even know, like 2013, 14 timeframe. And so once I moved from California, right, I, the house became a rental and it's um, really, I was really, really hands off. Uh, I was like scared. I was scared. I was like real estate. You know, <laughs> I was just happy somebody is is there uh, paying the rent. I'm and I don't have to cut out of pocket and you know much, right? And I was like happy with that. I was mo- moving around a lot um, every two three years. So for the next ten years or so, and when I came back from overseas um, in 2018, we came to DC. My husband and I we came to DC, and we wanted to buy here. And that's when we started thinking about selling that house in California. And to my surprise, that little condo, you know, it's a little condo has like tripled in value, you know, and me was like completely hands off. I didn't even check the comps or nothing because I was scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we we sold that property. That was like the first light bulb, I think, you know, moment like. Oh, like, wow. Like, you know, I didn't even do anything, right? I was completely hands off. I was overseas. I was not even here. And it turned out to be such a profitable thing. Um, So I'm saying that because this is how we had that first, like, money, first group, like, bunch of money to even start in real estate, right? Because Because of the sale of this property, I ended up with some profit and we were looking for a place to, to put it. And, you know, that's how uh, we started real estate. Um, the first thing I did, uh, I was actually on this analysis paralysis for a long time, probably like a whole year, just looking at everything, but didn't know what to do. I eventually joined the coaching program just because I really needed some direction, you know, started with residential and it was through that group uh, I partnered with some people uh, for my first uh, multifamily, the 18 unit in Miami. So yeah, long story, long answer to your question, but that's how I got there. But you touched upon the coaching program. So what made you have the smarts to say, I need some help. I need to go find some people that 
uh, are already doing this or are on the same journey as I? You know, I think it really depends, right? I know people who's never been to coaching program. They did really well for themselves. And I think for me, um, it was a comforting factor. You know, I didn't really, like I said, you know, I was kind of like nervous about real estate all prior to that anyway. So buying a rental property was just, the idea was scary to me, right? Because I feel like I don't live there. I can't see it. I don't know what people are doing to the house. Like, oh, that was scary to me. So I just really, I needed that guidance. I needed that support, you know, to help me to get over the hump. But I know people did it without it. Um, whatever is comfortable for you. Um, but to me, it was, it was worth it to invest in a coaching program. No. And, you know, one of the things that I want to talk also in the context of Crown Capital, but um, with these projects, you're, you've are you been involved in partnerships and working with other people. Do you have any advice to people um, as they're putting together their teams or starting to collaborate with people on how to form those partnerships? Yeah, I have I have a, a few lessons, you know. <laughs> I think we all have a few lessons in partnership. I love my partners at Crown Capital, uh, Noel and Tiffany. And I think one of the main reasons why that partnership worked out so well is because like you mentioned, Roy, that happened organically. It really did. I knew Tiffany for two years and we have done so many other projects together with the women's group before we talk about partnership. So I, at that point, I, I knew her really well. She knew me really well. And of course, right, um, through her, I met Noelle. And, you know, um, so it really all worked out organically. Um I have partnered with people um, just based on transactions, right? Like, oh, let's get together, raise this for this deal or do this. And didn't really know them that well. Or even like sometimes people I know, I didn't know them long enough to really get to know them. That would be my advice. You know, I think really know your partners because everybody can talk the talk, right? Until you are put into a situation or under pressure and you see how people react that's how you really get to know the person so that's me my yeah that's my advice you really get to know your partner before your partner you know a lot of the things you mentioned um about the self-limiting beliefs of you know not sure who's going to be damaging a property that's afar or how to manage that you know you overcame those things a lot of people don't overcome them like and that's what gives them the fear of moving forward in the real estate investing world is that they put together a long list of the things that are going to go wrong. And then they dwell on that list. And yes, things are going to go wrong. They always go wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, nothing goes perfectly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if they've said it so often, like the difference between the people that are successful and those that aren't are really the ones that that do something, that that get beyond that analysis paralysis and that long list of problems that could come up. And they just go for it, right? And if you don't get the perfect deal the first time, you're, you're probably never going to. But if you don't get it the first time, maybe you'll learn something and then get it the next time or the next time. And you've had a number of partnerships. It sounds like you've had some that have worked better than others. And the one that you're in right now is working really well. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, talk about the the group that you and Tiffany are working on, Real Estate Invest Her. Uh, is that the meetup in the in the capital region? Yeah, yeah. So we run a women's uh, meetup real estate meetup in DC, Maryland, Northern Virginia. But real estate invest her is 
a big group, right? So it's it has I think fifty six, fifty two meetups throughout the U.S. So pretty much every city, like every big city, um, there's a group. We happen to be in the in the D.C. capital region group. Wherever you're located, you should be able to find a group close to you. You know, that for the ladies out there, uh, just to connect with other women. But Tiffany and I are the leaders for the capital region group. I've never been to an event. I don't think I'm allowed. I mean, you have to be female, right? <laughs> you do have to be female, yes. <laughs> we actually have spoken with other female investors on this podcast who've spoken about their women-run uh, and women-led support groups in the real estate world. What are some of the things that you think are important to have a community of women together uh, that maybe they're not going to get from a mixed male-female or male-dominated community? You know, I have a lot of male partners. And of course, um, in the military, right, I work with mostly male. And I have great male leaders, you know, that taught me what I, you know, what I know. Uh, my husband is another naval officer, and he is an excellent um, military leader, in my opinion. So not to downplay, you know, the value of men, because, you know, I'm all about, you know, equality and, you know, like, you have to recognize everybody's strengths, right? But when it comes to women, uh, I think it's just an, when you have a group of women, only women, right? It is a more nurturing environment. You can definitely see a difference. You know, women are very loving, very supportive. It is just a nurture environment. You know, women are more comfortable to um, open up to be, you know, with other women and maybe be more, feel comfortable to be more vulnerable. You know, some of the things they may not mention to their male partners, they will share with other women. Um, so it's really good. Uh, it's just, it's a good support group for people to connect and also just to kind of like have the friendship. Um, you know, we do brunch, you know, we do things. <laughs> we hang out. Um, we do one in real estate, also making making friends, just meeting new people. I mean, building relationships is kind of the core of any kind of real estate partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, trusting those that you're working with, you know, getting along with them is usually a good thing. Um, I found that a lot of a lot of people in the real estate world look to real estate investors for their friend group as well, right? You know, especially if you're looking to either rebrand yourself or you're just starting out. Uh, it can be very infectious if you're in your 20s and 30s and meeting all these other people that are thinking the same way as you. And then you see some folks that maybe you want to be friends with as well, you know, and then you form those partnerships and relationships outside of the meetup situations. And you're always having conversations about real estate, looking at deals together. And that's how a lot of this stuff starts up, um, yep. you know, and I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear all that. And then then you take it to another level too. I mean, like, you know, with Crown Capital, you guys are, you're raising money for deals now, right? You know, you've kind of moved beyond that first deal, that second deal that you're jumping into. Um, you know, so what what are some of your objectives now, you know, with, with your partnership? We are really, we just want to grow at this point. You know, we want to, uh, we have co-GP'd with other teams. Uh, we have raised for other people. At this point, we run. We want to find our own deal and like be the lead GP. That's kind of like our next step. We we've been working on that for several months now. Just underwriting, um, you know, deal hunting, um, 
yeah, but that's our next thing. And we are also, oh, additionally, we are also uh, launching an education platform just to um, also share some, um, you know, some, some our experience and knowledge for those who are interested because I know, you know, like the education was critical to me um, entering the real estate world. So we hope to provide that for aspiring investors. Have you found other folks in the military who have looked for your guidance in the real estate world, or do you keep these two lives separate? Interesting question. I would say most of the military friends I talked to um, or had have had a, a conversation with they more on the passive side. They want to invest passively. It could be different reasons, right? Because sometimes uh, people are just really busy. Depends on where you are in your career. You know, if you are operational, you know, you're dealing with deployments and this kind of things. It's not realistic to, you know, try to do real estate. Um, and sometimes people are just busy with their lives. But most of my military friends want to invest passively. That's been my experience. And of course, I talked to them about our upcoming deals. Do you want to partner with us just to put your money to work? So we should say that through this entire interview, Faye has a two month old sleeping, right? Because you're a new mom. Isn't it? Uh, uh, what's his name? Alexander. Alexander. So he's done really well in getting through uh, and not disrupting you during this interview. We certainly know what it's like. You know, having a four-year-old girl, almost four and a half at this point, uh, and what life has been like these past few years, much of which has been through COVID uh, and work from home situations. Uh, we have had her, um, while we were recording, she's found us in the house recording and climbed all over us on camera in, in past episodes. So now we try to record when she's at school. Um, but talk about what uh, what motherhood uh, how, how that's changed your outlook in the work that you're doing as a real estate investor. I know it's probably all new because you're probably going through sleepless nights and everything that we all remember who are parents uh, of two month olds. But you know, where how how do you think things? Um, how has it changed you in this short amount of time that you have been a mom, and how do you see your outlook changing? Yeah, it's been. So let's preface that with, um, so I have, I have, I, I had, um, Alex really late in life. Okay. I, I'm in my forties. Okay. That's when I had him. Um, you know, I, for the longest time, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to have kids, you know? Um, so it's been really a journey, uh, just to get to that point, like even, have a baby, you know, get married uh, later in life, have baby later in life um, because of uh, it's a little bit challenging, I think, for women in the military to to kind of balance that family life and career just because, um, you know, we are not, I mean, I think every career field is, challenge, is challenging, but in the military, you do deal with frequent moves like every two or three years you're relocating uh you have deployments and of course early in the career right it's really operational heavy so you're constantly you know on the go so it happened late for me um and i can tell you it's been a really really 
amazing experience. It really shifted, you know, like my whole perspective just because I never really had to, you know, like worry about the people, you know, I just do my, do me, right? I just do me. Uh, it's been like that, you know, for 40 years. Um, now I, it really forced me to slow down. Like I cannot just pick up and go anymore. Like I have to be so patient with him, you know, I have to take time to do things. Um, you know, obviously anything I do now, I do for him, you know, my Navy career, my real estate project, whatever I do, right? I do for him and he's going to be my top consideration. Um, it's, it's been wonderful. It's hard, but it's wonderful. Yeah. It definitely changes your outlook. Um, you know, mm -hmm. From the day-to-day -day of just not having time to do everything that you want to get done on your list, um, I still, Rory and I probably still have a hard time accepting uh, a never-ending list that just never gets done. Never uh, gets done. It never gets done. I mean, like, whether it's our short-term rentals or our business, um, you know, or any of the work that Rory's doing with his business, it just never gets done. Like, I mean, there's always something on the list and that that can feel overwhelming because I love having a list crossed off where I'm like, okay, I can sit down. You know, I have a little bit of time now. But I think that what, what I found is that the components of, of my life that had the least significance are the ones that have fallen off of the priority list. You know, much of, not that I was ever a gamer or a movie person or watching a ton of TV or anything, but like that is just out the door. Like everything, we just don't do it anymore. Don't have time for it. I find that I happier and more productive doing things, trying to grow my family and my business and the life of our daughter, right? And I'd rather do that than sit down for a couple hours watching something. So I've fallen off of a lot of those kind of pop culture moments. You know, it is what it is. I don't fault people for really keeping up with a lot of this trivial stuff that, you know, we can see on TV because it's important to them. But like, I don't think I've seen a superhero movie in a couple, in like a decade, mm. right? Like it's, it's not important to us because what's important to us is, you know, growing our, our business, growing our family and being happy. And I think that those first two things keep me happy. So true. And I'll even say, you know, going back to partnership, you know, since the baby, right? So it's been about two months and it's been really hard to strike a balance. Um, but I rely heavily on Tiffany and Noel, you know, because uh, between the three of us, you know, we just have to divide and conquer uh, when it comes to crown capital business or real estate business. And they've been wonderful, you know, help me to just get through that initial like motherhood, like shock, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so going back to the partnership, you know, it is critical to pick the right partner. You know, uh, really, you have the right partner. It's going to help you in so many ways, you know, even outside the business. Like they're helping me now, like with my baby and family, you know, just to keep everything balanced. Keep basic. <laughs> Why don't we get to our final questions that we asked all of our guests on the podcast? Rory, do you have any final thoughts for Lupe before you do that? I just want to, you know, thank you for coming on and sharing our, your story with us. Yeah. So we asked these questions of all of our guests uh, as a way to wrap the interview up and just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, first question, if you can get on stage for half an hour and talk about any subject in the world with zero preparation, what would that be? You know, I would say I can talk. I would I would like to share with um, with 
my audience um, about really like investing yourself. Um, because like I mentioned, right, like for, I didn't really get into a lot of the networking or mastermind until I got into real estate. So, um, and it's been such a great growth experience, you know, in the last few years, just because now, you know, that really opened up my social circle, um, you know, I'm meeting people outside, you know, like my neighborhood and work, right, and office. Um, it just gave me um, a lot of new perspectives, motivation, you know, uh, inspiration, you know, mo like I think most importantly, like being inspired. Um, that's so important, you know. Um, so I would say uh, investing yourself, um, you know, connect with um, people who can show you like different perspectives. Mm -hmm. I wish I had done that earlier. Yeah, I didn't do that till a few years ago. Well, I mean, we have parallel paths. I'm not in the military, but I, I had a child later in life in my 40s and I joined a mastermind later in life also. And, you know, it's like you needed that kind of kickstart to reinvent and to find this new community of people in the real estate world. That's what I needed. Very similar to what you needed. You know, the thing to keep in mind with all these masterminds is if you find the right one, everybody that's in it is in it for the same reason. They're all looking to meet each other. They're all looking to do deals. They're all learning, looking to learn from each other. And, you know, that's why I think they're also great ideas, you know, as long as you find the right one and the right group. Um, you know, I did find the right group as well. And I feel as though it expands my network and my mind just like it did for you. Uh, so, you know, I will underscore your speech and jump on stage with you and you know <laughs> i'll talk for the part of those 30 minutes as well and go tell everyone that you know you're on the right path yeah uh, second question uh we have for you tell us something that happened early in your life or career that impacts the way that you're working today uh i would say it's really like i would i would say my upbringing and my military training um both um Gave me a lot of discipline and um, just um, like hardworking, um, you know, like the Chinese culture is, I think it's a lot more strict compared to Western culture, you know, when it comes to parenting or discipline your children. So I got a good dose of that <laughs> growing up. Okay. And, and military, same way, you know, I really teach you about discipline and Simple things like be on time, show up, you know, like people just can't, people can't do it. So it's that, you know, when people can, it can do it. There are people just, they just can't do it, can be on time, can show up, um, not doing what they're supposed to do, basic things. But um, I think those things, I, I credit, you know, my, my, my parents and the military training. <laughs> you had a life of discipline between, between. Uh, Chinese culture and the U.S. military. I think maybe discipline is just in your DNA that you just have to keep finding things that are disciplining. Right? <laughs> yeah. But no, great point about showing up. Be on time, show up. These are basic things, you know, and like if you can't do the basic things, how can you trust people with millions of dollars? Right? Like these are basic things. Mm -hmm. So great advice. Finally, um, what are you listening to or watching or reading these days? Anything in the world? Oh my gosh, I am 
I am doing all things baby related right now. Like it's all about baby research. It's like baby cough today. Oh my God. What does that mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. doing anything besides baby research at the moment. <laughs> That's probably what you should be doing right now with a two month old because, uh, you know, you don't know it yet, right? When yeah. you experience it. Like I remember those times where you were like, we had a pretty healthy child, thankfully, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there'd be those times where there's something wrong or something this, and you want to make sure that, you know, the child's not in discomfort or that you kill the child by accident. And you're like, am I supposed to do this? Am I not supposed to do that? Like, you don't know. So reading a lot of baby books, a lot of podcasts, audiobooks about babies. Yeah. Yeah, but don't go don't don't go down too far down that rabbit hole because you can trust yourself probably more than you think about yeah you know, what what you what you know and what you're doing is right. Oh yeah, good point. Uh, because I was gonna say, you know, I join so many mom groups now. Like you know, like real estate is kind of like taking back seat now. It's like mom groups taking over. Yeah, <laughs> and it can really stress you out because this is so many different things people are talking about, so much information. Like, yeah, you do have to draw a line somewhere just like, okay, that's enough. (laughs) It's the same thing with all the real estate groups that are out there. I mean, like the information is just overwhelming, you know, and Mm -hmm. some of it's bad info and some of it's repetitive info. And you're like, okay, I just need to turn the volume down. And in the mom groups, you'll probably get 17 different ways to give the same advice for the same problem. (laughs) You know, and they're all, most of them are right. You know, pick a direction. Yeah, um, so I did kind of like conch to the same, you know, point, just like, okay, like this is great advice, but it's just, it's really overwhelming and it can make you like having doubts, you know, like unnecessarily. So yeah, no, I I need to tone it down on that one. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think one thing I discovered is that children are amazingly resilient. And, you know, their will to live will, you know, supersede any advice that you can get from other moms because, you know, they kind of know how to exist right now. They just need a little bit of guidance from from you as mom. Yeah, good, uh, good, good advice. <laughs> um, so, Lupe, thanks for spending time with us here in the podcast today. We really enjoyed hearing your story. I know a lot of people uh, who are listening to this uh, have similar stories, whether it's in the military, military as a new mom. Uh, working in mastermind groups, working with partners. You know, we've certainly learned a lot. And uh, hopefully as a listener, you've, you've pulled a couple things out of her story. Um, if people want to learn more about you or Crown Capital, how can they get a hold of you? Um, so you can find me on social media, uh, just under my name, Lupe Chow. Uh, we have a website for Crown Capital. That's www.crowncapitalcorp.com. And um, tons of information there, uh, also resources. So check it out. Great. We will do that. We'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, and we will link over to your website, Rory, RoryGill.com. Is that right? Yep. Just go into RoryGill.com and you'll find a whole bunch of different ways to get in touch with me and the different ways that I can help you out. Oh. And if you want to be a guest in this podcast, reach out to me, Jason, at NextHomeTitletown.com. We'll see if we can get you scheduled next time we're scheduling interviews. Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love five-star reviews and comments. Please feel free to do both those things. Uh, So Rory, Lupe, thank you so much for another episode of the podcast. Lupe, it's been nice to meet you. and Thank you for being a great guest. Bye.